Hi, if you've been listening a while, please like, subscribe, rate, and review. Find me on Instagram at R-E-A-D-S-A-N-D-W-E-E-D-S. And let me know where you're listening from and how you found me. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. Thanking you. I'm thanking you right now. Welcome. On the record. So um, we're doing an episode of Reads and Weeds where we smoke Weed with friends and read books. Hi, Mary Detling's here for the first time. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Say hi, Mary. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's fun. I met Already Mary uh, working at a weed store. I sure did. <laughs> when was that? What year was that? That probably was 2013. 2013. Wow. Mm. Holy cow. Almost 10 years. Yeah. Shout out Dory. Shout out Ganja Mama. Ganja Mamas. <laughs> yeah. One of the originals. We were right there and it's something else now. Mm-hmm. What is it? Cureleaf. It's, uh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's even different than yeah, it, I thought it, it wasn't it herbology for a hot second? Yeah, I think so. I oh think my it gosh. changed out again just recently. Yeah. Well, there goes the cannabis industry angle for this story, folks. <laughs> It's still wild out there, um, but we actually are smoking Oreos with the Z in these cute little like cedar boxes that, that uh, be someone Oreos. Sure, sure, it would if there was one on the beginning. You duck. <laughs> um, but it's funny wow. because th- th- places have been getting sued lately for you know for calling mm. things candy yes. that have weed in them. You're not supposed to do that, but. I do love me some Oreos. So if you guys rename Oreos to save children, please make it very clear what you're calling it next so that I know what to do. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, This book that we are about to talk about, it's so interesting because at the very beginning of the pandemic, a friend of mine said, let's do Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I was like, yes, let's do it. And we were on a trim team together and we were going to do it. But I don't know if you ever ordered anything at the beginning of, of the pandemic, <laughs> like pants out of a catalog or books by Glennon Doyle, but my shit just never came. <laughs> oh, man, I remember that. Yeah, and so I forgot about the book until I was laying on the table naked while Mary touched me. <laughs> I think we should point out right now, Mary is a licensed massage therapist. Thank you, and, Paul. She uh, is. That was a paid session it was. under clinical it was. situations and circumstances. All professionalisms Much were... Much to my chagrin. It was... Gosh. No, no, no. But you said, but we were talking were about podcasts and we everything, were. and you said, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do, and we've been planning it for a couple of months it's taken a while right yeah you had a couple books lined up yeah 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 so I was really happy to read it and we got Paul in on this and he's been uh kicking away at it for a few days now and finished it up literally Uh, minutes before Mary arrived (laughs) no I think it was after Mary arrived (laughs) that's true that's true he was having a little sesh in there yeah 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 so um What's go- what else is going on? It's May in Michigan. It just got really hot the way it goes from like winter to summer. <laughs> so that's happening right now. It's a pretty steamy day. Um, we have good weed. We have a great vegetable tray and some dehydrated mangoes. So we're really a happy crew here, I think. And don't forget so, your amazing concoction. And I made a little fun beverage that I got out of like a little mocktail magazine. 
And it is delightful. It is wonderful. (laughs) If you're looking for a refreshing summer beverage that makes you feel like you're having a cocktail without actually (laughs) getting the alcohol in there, it's just like freshly squeezed orange juice, if you can do that. I use just regular orange juice, but gingerade kombucha and sliced ginger and turmeric. And you you just kind of, you don't put the gingerade in the blender because it gets all, it'll explode the container. Have you ever tried to shake up kombucha? It's not a great idea. It explodes. explodes. I didn't know. That is important information. I did not know. Do not shake up kombucha. I swear. The first time you do it, you'll be like, I always shake drinks like this. Don't do it. It'll explode. You're giving a warning about your hot headed friend. Don't shake up up kombucha, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For real. But so it's it's like a gingery orange. It feels like a tonic. Mm -hmm. It's like a brisk tonic. Just delightful. It's, it's sweet and spicy all at the same yeah, time. It's a, got little a little bit of a bite. A little mm-hmm. bite. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You said brisk tonic. Mm-hmm. I heard brick, and I've been trying to process that. Brick tonic. Figure it out. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> it was somebody hit me up and tell me what brick tonic means to you. Um, okay. So, Mary. Mm-hmm. I wanted to start asking you something because I see that you just put a wad of celery in your face. <laughs> I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. um, okay, I'm good Tell now. me why you uh, wanted to do this book. So when I recommended it to you, it was right about the time, I, don't, I think I just finished listening to it on Audible, and it kind of blew my mind a little bit in just the way that the way that it talks about how we perceive kind of life and social norms and rules that we have to play. And so when, you know, it's like a lot of these things I had kind of um, already thought about in my own life based on whatever else I've been doing, other therapy, other um, self-help books or whatever, but this sort of just pulled it all together. And it really like kind of just, you know, um, what is that word? Um, It's used in... (laughs) Um, gross point blank a shakabuchi a shakabuku you just keep making up words (laughs) (laughs) I just remember the weird ones shakabuku don't stop it's like shakabuku or something that is what is it's supposed to be a spiritual kick to the head so yes yes and it's referenced in gross point a spiritual kick to the head yes yes oh I love that I I don't know if that's the exact word but it's somewhere somewhat close and I don't know if it's real it might have been just you know fiction but anyway so that's how I felt after Afterwards and like, okay, I need to like totally change my perspective on life and stop, you know, discounting things that I feel are important, but yeah. kind of, yeah. And then just kind of yeah forget about because maybe it's not, we're not going to achieve my goals or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. This was a Reese's book club, Reese Witherspoon book club yeah. book. So a lot of people have read it. I've been hearing about it for years, but I did not know that Glennon Doyle was the one that wrote Love Warrior, which I think I remember reading where she talks about how she saves the marriage after her husband has been cheating and she's being fully a good Christian girl. You know, she's like good at it. She's a good writer. And so I read this so easily and I'm like, wow, this is pretty brave. But then I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. She put all out there some of this stuff it's like oh really i didn't know i wanted to know that <laughs> but right. okay but, but i get it yeah. yeah but it's just like she trusts that we can can get it she's mm-hmm. not talking down to anybody Mm-mm. she's she's speaking the truth 
just being raw and honest mm-hmm. and I thought that was just so cool and yeah. I, I wanted to talk to somebody about yes. it so yes. I need you read it <laughs> yes Paul thoughts I knew nothing about this book okay uh, Shelley said Mary is coming on Reads of Weeds. We're going to talk about a book, and you should do it. And I said, hell yeah, Mary's my girl. We're doing that, and I can't wait. So I, I, you sent it to me, and I just started listening. No idea. Didn't know her background. Didn't know anything about what was coming in the pages ahead, so to speak. Okay, okay. Uh, and, you know, didn't know it was a Reese Witherspoon book club. <laughs> Uh, of course you did. Title <laughs> I know that she apparently has uh, the wherewithal to sit down with Oprah and her table in Maui somewhere. Sure. I, I, none of none of this. It all just kind of happened to me, you, right? To me. Uh, no idea that it took about ten seconds though. For uh, I'm sure we'll get there, but when we learn of the love interest that breaks up that happy Christian marriage in her mind finally. It was always, it was never great, uh, and was, but it was never real. And once she finally realizes who, who it ends up being just blows my mind. Uh, you get a first name, used to play soccer, and I just went, oh, shit. Shit. Paul was Stuff like, just got deep. All of a sudden, Paul was like, "This book is about sports." No. <laughs> I love it. No, that is not the case. However, I ended up very surprised and poignantly touched in many ways by how many times uh, the story cycled through sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the daughter played soccer. You know, yes, the, yes. Because once I did get started, I was like, oh, well, clearly I'm, I'm in for something I, that's outside of my normalized talk about gender preconceptions and all right. the things that become poignant in this book. It's not right. a book that I'm going to pick out and read. Let's sure. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I thought about it, it too. For a minute. Like an assignment, (laughs) (laughs) but it feels like an assignment to anyone. I think so. It feels like an assignment. You feel like you're being taught things. Yeah, that's what I message that felt assigned. Felt just because like it was so far out of the format of what I would normally read and sit down with, you know. So it felt like I, I had been, like, Miss Shelley had assigned <laughs> me a book and I needed to do a report on it. And then I just, you know. That's you all I ever wanted for this show. <laughs> that? <laughs> That's all I ever wanted with this show. Yeah. It's just for people Society to feel like. Book reports is all yes, you yes. I never I used got to, to teach. To <laughs> did you really? I did. Of course I loved you did. it. Hey, guys. Mary's looking for a little extra cash. And if any of you guys need her to write your book report. <laughs> <laughs> Send it over. I will yeah, do it. Yeah, you can bring it over when your mom's getting her massage. And yeah. <laughs> she's, uh, and, we'll help, we'll, and then we'll talk about it on Reads and Weeds. It'll be great. It'll be fine. We're what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, Glenn and Doyle, what I like is um, <laughs> I... I guess I've been, I grew up Christian. You know, it's mean, basically, my faith has changed so many times. Like, when I think about myself at all these different ages, what I thought about church, what I thought about God, what I thought about being a good girl, what I thought about 
believing in a higher power and what language to use and masculine pronoun. I mean, I've been through 900 iterations of my own faith. And I remember that when I was young, if I'd come across a reader, a writer like this, like a Christian woman writer who was mm-hmm. like, okay, I like this bitch, you know, where I was like, I could hang out with her, you know, that always made me feel really hopeful as a young girl, right? Because I was, I would be like, uh, this doesn't feel exactly right. Like, I don't feel like I'm praising a wonderful God right now. I just feel sort of uncomfortable. (laughs) And you know it. You know know this isn't the knowing source of joy. And you want to raise your hand and go, I think God is dancing. (laughs) But it's just not... It's not done. It's not what you do. No, it's not what you do in church. Yeah. Yeah. And so knowing that she's a Christian publicly changing herself, that is what is important. When women like her tell their story... I just really appreciate it because you remember the lady that got up and said, well, Glenn, and I just want to ask you, why did everybody get gay all of a sudden? <laughs> you remember that story? And I was just up. like, everyone's so gay. gay. <laughs> why is everyone sudden, so gay all of a sudden? And I was like, this is the, gr- I'm so happy that she's telling this story because it's so good. And uh, you know what I mean? I'm so glad it happened. I'm so glad she was the one it happened to because she's going to tell us about it because that's what needs to happen. We need is to hear These that. people yeah. need to talk to these people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm all over the place here. The first thing I wanted to... So the book is called Untamed. And she's writing about... (laughs) We probably should have started I think I said it a couple of times. I I think think I said said it a couple of times. Yeah, you did. Yeah, but it came out in 2020 and uh, probably was a huge hit because everybody was sitting at home reading. Probably would have been a a huge hit anyway, but that's probably why I couldn't get mine. They were out. (laughs) Could be it. (laughs) They were out. They stopped printing them right when they're... But, But she is telling the story of basically how she's had to dissolve and leave many iterations of her life basically in service to the truth of knowing her true self and how the the old way of believing that this thing I'm about to do is bad or wrong, that at some point she says being bad almost killed me, but so did being good. Yeah. And... um so it's her coming, uh, you know, realizing that she's more in tune with like what her soul and brain and body actually needs, and um, so that's kind of the arc that we're reading through. Correct? Okay. Correct. So, um, caged. Okay. So she starts off with this cheetah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that cheetah story, I think, the is amazing. Cheetah. Yeah, and she's watching the cheetah, and the cheetah's in the zoo, and. Um, and then she sees the cheetah get, kind of go into a backfield and start to really act like a cheetah. Start to be more it's like a, a cheetah. Yeah, it finds the highest spot in its little zoo exhibit yeah. that it's penned into and just suddenly gets the thousand-yard cat stare and just surveys all the things that if it could just get to it, it could completely murder. Yeah, yeah. Eat. Yeah. Just shows off its wildness. It shows off its wildness. mostly tame, yeah. so it yeah. just... It's a it's goddamn like, cheetah is the, yes. the, the yeah. note that rings throughout the book and it's wild and you can't tame it even when you have. Yeah. Even when they were they were born in captivity and mm-hmm. didn't know a thing about living in the wild, somehow instinctually they did. They knew yeah. they were wild. Well, it reminded me the very one of the very first books, it might have been the first book that we did on Reeds and Weeds was called The Wild, maybe 
one one of the first three. And what I lo- I've always loved about Call of the Wild is the dog knowing that it's wild and it's just getting closer and closer back. Like it was domesticated and it's getting closer to just being wild again. And it was such a like profound journey. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's totally domesticated. And it's that image came to my mind when she's saying that Cheetah was pretending for the crowd before. Mm-hmm. But that's what it really is over there. And everybody can relate to that. Ugh. Yeah, they, they, yeah. yeah. It, it knew if it wanted to eat, it ran down the hallway and jumped on the steak. Like, they, like it was supposed yeah. to do every day, and that's how it ate. And mm-hmm. It just didn't seem very fulfilling in the author's mind. No. <laughs> and because I, there's still that wild cheetah in there. Even... Just trying, doesn't even though it doesn't even know it wants to come out, mm-hmm. it still needs to come out. Yeah, and it still does. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's gonna. So um, I'm gonna ask you guys about this thing, and then I'm gonna pass you this, and I want you to kind of glance at these things and put stars by things if they're things that you care about talking about. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. Uh, this is an assignment, Paul. I mean, this yeah, is assignments. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I, this is what I like to do though. I mean, I really <laughs> want to teach little classes all day. If there's anything you guys wanted me to teach you, I'll learn it and teach it to you. That'll be my job for like cheap too, like 15 bucks. <laughs> okay. Plus the cost of the master's Wanting degree. to be a good right, girl. So I, jot, I jotted down wanting to be a good girl. And... Um, she does a great job at, uh, I'm going to pass this to you. Just glance at it and mark any that kind of jump out to you. Is that the chapter? Then? No, wanting to be a good girl. She talks about how um, when I became a good girl, I also became a bulimic. You know, I wanted to be a good girl, so I tried to control myself. I chose a personality, a body, a faith, and a sexuality so tiny I had to hold my breath to fit myself inside. Then I promptly became very sick, right? And... She, it's because she had, tr- she was trying to be a good girl. Um, and when she talked about it, I was thinking of all the different ways that we hear that. And I mm-hmm. wondered what yours were. Or good boy. Like, what did it mean? What in did your good mind? girl mean? Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, that's, that's a huge thing because when a good girl to me was being quiet, mm. um, smaller, taking up little space knowing how to clean without being really taught, which is, was very interesting. Um, yeah, to be good was not to be expressive at all. I've gotten super trouble for being happy and joyful. Once. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was at a birthday party of a friend, and I was saying goodbye to her, and then a song came on the radio, and I ran up the stairs super excited to dance to the song with my friend. And 30 seconds longer, you know, that my mom could wait but she was mad about it so oh my god got in so much trouble oh my gosh mine was mine was kind of uh be smart make good grades mm. stay out of trouble um yeah i was pretty shy though i was pretty shy and you know i guess minding and not saying things about you know what it was the hardest thing for me was I'm a very curious person to this day and I wanted to ask uncomfortable (laughs) 
deep questions <laughs> even as a child. <laughs> and that was yeah. what I got put down for quite a lot. Was like, you don't ask things like that. You're like, why not? They're, you know, like the school teacher just, or that I remember my, she told a story about Sunday school something as well and it triggered this memory of mine of I, I don't know what I was seven eight years old and this in the Sunday school teacher saying you know just you know God made the world and telling the story and going on and I'm just like wait a minute wait 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 <laughs> who made God though you know and she's like oh that's cute you know but I was like for real though <laughs> like I, I would like this was a legit question uh, I have a. I have actually. It, it's been like five minutes. <laughs> I have an entire list of questions. I'd like to go over <laughs> if you don't mind. I'm nine. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But but the don't ask. Don't don't be too curious. Don't ask too many questions. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's you're making people uncomfortable. And Fine I was day. like, this is the way it is. Start. You're not here to ask questions. You're here to learn what's in this book, like literally word for word. Yeah. And, and always because I said so. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, or yes. Or because God said so. Or because God said so. Yes, yes. I, I never heard that dude talk. I don't know when you heard him say it. Uh, he, well, it's it, that's part of this book, though, is that how you hear God no. and mm-hmm. what your perception is of that is also marketed to you. And it affects your... Your, the your perception of yourself is based on the way God is marketed to you. I think a lot because, like, if you thought, if you grew up with a notion that God um, wanted you to be a certain way and you weren't being that way, and you knew you weren't being that way because some stranger at a facility <laughs> told you you were a sinner, like it's really weird. But if you grew up thinking. God is love and God is all things and you know it's God like, accepts you the way you are yeah. yeah and God is in the flowers and God is when we're together you know if you grew up thinking no, like that, that been, the world would be a different place right. are you serious yeah. oh yeah oh yeah hmm. and it's interesting now because a lot of um, you know Christians are still boxed in and this is what goodness is and it doesn't have anything to do with how we take care of the earth or take care of each other really so yeah well I feel very lucky because my church feels very just so open it just Mm -hmm. feels so open and like pulling in the good right kind of people that need to be there that's wonderful wacky you know and and it's because of that openness to, like, I, I, I'm willing to um, let this old picture of what I thought was supposed to be burn. My mm-hmm. picture of God, my picture of myself, my picture of what a family is supposed to look like, and, you know, what my country is to me, and all of that. She talks about, I think it's called, it's in the Apocalypse chapter. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like everything Not, collapsing. Well, they were talking about, uh, I believe it was in the context of the Trump victory. Oh, yeah, it might have been. Uh, where somebody said, well, this is an apocalypse happening right in front of us. And, and Glennon's response was, well, good. An, an apocalypse is, is basically, it's a, it's a cleansing. It's a... It's a chance for us to see the opportunity and take the opportunity to make the correction from this point forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 
which is a, a very optimistic view to take at the time, because none of us were really bandying that one about too high, who didn't vote for the man. Uh, so it was another really interesting point of perspective for me. You, you brought it up earlier and, and how it changes, and I've heard so much about it throughout my life that it begins to sound trite, and you're just saying the thing from the other thing and yeah, I've heard it a million times and yada 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 there were definitely a couple of points uh, in this book where my perspective was affected is it changed? who knows I just finished it today I, I haven't had time to process it even put anything into practice I don't even yeah. know what it really is that I had this epiphany about you know at this yeah. point because it's so fresh in my head but a couple of moments did make me help me not make me help me step back and remove whatever it is that I was torn up about from the situation to be able to see it clearly. Yeah. Which is the hard part when you're torn up about a situation. It is. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It is. So if you haven't read this yet, um, Glennon tells every little detail about her having to tell her husband and three children that she was in love with a woman but prior to that she's with her therapist saying like I cannot do this this is terrible I'm it's not real it's not oh that so pissed me off therapist told her this is not real I am literally on that page with notes written all over it oh yes 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 (laughs) the the thing I remember she was like you should just give blowjobs yes she was she was so sad that she had to like continue pretending to be in love with her husband when she knew she was in love with this other woman and why why do people when we all of a sudden realize something about ourselves something that you know i mean it's very personal right like nobody else can really relate in her life and Mm -hmm. she's like no i'm in love with this woman and her therapist is like that's not real why do they think they can tell us that no i don't know i don't know i mean have you heard that ever somebody like you're happy about something and everybody's like that's not real that's not gonna last the second somebody says something that arbitrary especially somebody who's really not supposed to tell you your feelings aren't real right oh my god professional therapist that you're paying yes to help you (laughs) validate your feelings yeah no they don't do that apparently you should be told to think very long and hard about what and why you're feeling whatever it is you're feeling, and that's how a therapist or a counselor can interject what little of their opinion is really allowed in this bullshit to begin with in the first place. So yeah. I'm not here for your opinion. I'm here for your professional critique and advice based on what you've learned, not based on what yeah. you think in your heart. Yeah. Or, yeah. or your yeah. your personal beliefs. <laughs> well, well, so it's so I think about I feel like I share a lot on this show, you know. There's probably a lot out there about me on this show. People know probably more about me than I realize. <laughs> However, can I can I briefly support you by sure. telling a quick side story? Sure. Uh, Shell and I are just uh getting to know each other. Uh may have had a first kiss or two it's early days mm-hmm. and uh i started listening to early episodes of the podcast and it was just like i was like 
what we talk about when we talk about love was one of them. Oh yeah. So now I'm learning all of this backstory about her <laughs> love life. <laughs> What's good for her? What isn't for her? And I'm just like. It, and I don't have a notebook, <laughs> but if, up in my, my brain, there's a little man just jot them all down. Oh, really? That's not interesting. Really? Wow, you don't say. And I came, I came oh, back to the that house. Oh, so perfect. I didn't live here yet, but uh, I, I came back over at one point. I was, yeah, I, I listened to a lot of the shows today, and uh, I'm going to tell you, I really feel like I'm cheating at this right now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know shit about me. friend of yours learned that you're not really into having random sex with your friends at a party in front of other people. Oh! I didn't know that before. That's true. Yeah. I guess it doesn't feel as out there. I guess it doesn't feel as out there as this does because I guess it's so widely read and in print and everything. And plus it's so hard to say sometimes. It's hard to think you might hurt someone else's perspective on things, you know, when you're writing this much bare truth about people that are still alive. I always think about that when I read books like this. But she really is gracious towards everybody in the story, you know, no matter what role they played. She's very gracious. So she says, I'm very suspicious of people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, have you see now she has a podcast as well. And if you listen to it, like she, you can hear her here in her voice where she struggles, where she doesn't, where yes. And how, you know, um, authentic that graciousness kind of is really good insight. Cause I I did the audio book, um, this, the only time I've I've been through it and I Mm -hmm. had to, do it while working and do it mm-hmm. while the internet wasn't fucking working. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, but it was read by Glennon. Uh, yes. So oh, it was great yeah. to cool. have her voice on it, even if she was doing it as a reading. I didn't Definitely. get a sense of her emotions. Agreed. But I was, it while listening to it, I kind of was hoping that she is a bit, in real life, more passionate than I'm getting from her. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh. That she's a bit more passionate than I'm getting from the, just the reading of the story. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Direct insight because it happened to her mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and her family members and all of these things. But uh, I was I, I was wondering the whole time: Is this person super dry in real life? Are they a vivacious person? Is it an up and down? And it became clear when you talk about someone because this is where she and I share a, a, a space in the same boat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, is that they've dealt with a clinical level of depression combined with a clinical level of anxiety most of their life mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that combination is so up down so up down mm-hmm, all over mm-hmm. the map and it only makes sense that you're kind of all of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when those things happen when that is a, a combination with regard to your personal mental space. Yeah. Because it, it describes me perfectly. I, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. up, I'm down. I'm, I feel all the damn things. And there was mm-hmm. a long time yeah. where I, I wanted to turn that off. Mm-hmm. I, just, I didn't know how to manage it anymore. Yeah. I, felt, I related very much to Glenn. Yeah. Uh, at so many points in the book. And that was definitely one of them, talking about that particular combination of mental maladies yeah uh, and then but still being a high functioning level of those things and getting out into the world and trying ridiculously 
risky things, and, mm-hmm. but still trying to be a good boy. That's where all this started, right? It's, yes. it's from being a good boy, and then you start, or a good girl, and then you start, you start your anxiety starts there because like are you doing what you're supposed yes. to do did you forget some social piece of etiquette um Absolutely. and what are they going to do are they going to judge you they're going to call your parents they're going to complain well, about you are you sure going to lose your job are you going to get you know all that stuff yeah time, yeah you can't just be yourself you can't ask questions that aren't comfortable for the grown-ups in the room and you the can't accepted be mores of society you can't do mm-hmm. that yeah you, you can't, can't. They you will. can't be free to make mistakes either, even if no. it's just innocent and part of learning. No, mm. no can't do yeah. that. Can't do that. Parenting later, another thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't even think helicopters should be having babies. I say don't the think truth. So. <laughs> call us extreme if you want. We like to. We, that's our one. Listen, just our be a down. helicopter, no okay? Helicopter you don't need to be parents, okay? Just be a helicopter. Um, so w- there's so, so much to talk about in this book and it, it did so much to my brain. So I passed around this little piece of paper with some notes on it and <coughs> I'm going to tell you what we start. Um, and then maybe throw a couple other things in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, um, I wrote down marketing shampoo for men and women. So she starts this story of like, I'm going into my daughter's room cause she always steals my expensive shampoo and I go get it out of there and yeah, take right, it right. back. But then she started looking at the marketing. So who starred this one? Yes. You, you started that? that one? No. I, I think I might have. You might have. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Somebody did. Hooray. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So tell me why you starred that one. I started that one because it was just so insidious you know like how it is marketed yes like where does it say like um um i picked up a bo- a red bottle from what was clearly my son's side of the shower of course yeah. it was tall rectangular bulky it yelled at me in bold red white and blue letters three times bigger doesn't rob you of your dignity <laughs> oh armor God. up in man scent Drop kick dirt, then slam odor with a folding chair. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, what the? Yeah. What the yeah. hell? And then you know there, and then you pick and up the women. Like it makes your hair shiny, alluring, radiant, <laughs> whatever. And I, I underlined here in the book, it's like nothing to do here, which is like on the guy's side, it's all about doing something. It's just a list of things that we're supposed to be as women. Oh my gosh! You know? And it's. Yeah. These are, how you, is it all, it's all adjectives, basically. It's all adjectives rather there than. No, there's no verbs, there's no nouns. These are just, they're throwing adjectives off the bottle at you about, that are judging you not so silently. They're teaching you yeah. to not only, to, to, to judge yourself if you're not a man who's three times bigger or doesn't know what man scent smells like i don't you implying mary it's, 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 well, you know. well even Sorry. what <laughs> even what people are supposed to just <laughs> what people are supposed to smell like yes. what people like how much it, all of it all of it all the expectations that are put on you of like this is the person you're supposed to respect and that's what a good girl good boy is mm-hmm. and it's so much marketing it's so much marketing from every direction your entire life. Oh, Lord, the kids today have to go through it so much worse. Um, so, page 28, I've made a note that says, lying to yourself makes you sick. And I have thought oh, about this so much, mm-hmm. so, so much in my life. Like, if there's a lie you're telling yourself or there's a lie that you're keeping, um, when I was going through my divorce, in 96, 97, I went to see this therapist and 
she's like, I think you think you look professional and young, and but you're depleted. She just fucking told me <laughs> to my face. You're depleted. I can feel it. And I was just like, oh, my God, she's so right. Like, I thought I was pulling it off. Yes. I I thought I was like, I'm handling this like a champion. But I was like, oh, no, she can see. She's smarter than me. (laughs) Well, no, you probably were handling it like a champion. That's the thing. You can't be depleted and not still handling it like a champion. They can coexist, and they often do. The part that she was good at was making me see. Like, not lie to myself. That's important, To feel it and go, listen, this is a super fucked up situation I'm in. Mm. I don't need to be playing it cool. It's not fine. Real messy. Nothing's fine. fine. But also, she was basically saying, if you don't fix this, it's going to eat you up. Like, you hear Mm -hmm. things like things are eating away at somebody, literally. And the story she tells is, you know her friend's wedding day and she knows she doesn't want to get married but she's 35 years old and like that's what she's supposed to do and then she just started drinking you know she just knew started drinking on her wedding night and never stopped never stopped and And my favorite part about that was the explanation of her rationale for knowing she doesn't want to do this but doing it anyway is well if I don't do it I'm going to disappoint mom dad his mom and dad, their mom, Aunt Kathy, the, the, everybody who chipped in for the wedding. Like, there's a whole list of people I'm going to disappoint. But if I do go through with it, the only person I disappoint is me. Yeah. Well, one is less than yeah. everyone. Oh, my gosh. I'll and I'll be drink a, until I die. Yeah. I'll be a good so person. I'll make the I best do. out of this. Oh, I'll my do this. God. I'll be a martyr. She always talks about like the competitive martyrdom of women. Yes. <laughs> like I'm sacrificing myself the most. But don't but I do that. Do you have? Do you do that? Do I? I have done it. Yeah. I have done it, and it, it has been a tendency in my life where I'm like, I don't ask for help. I don't want to be a bother. You know? And oh it's God, like, yes. Oh my God. And I want to help everybody. I want to help everybody, yeah. but I don't want to ask for help because well, that no, seems like nobody else will want to help you and right. be put out of their way, even <laughs> yes. though you know you that know. giving is, is... They would love to do it, yes. probably. Which is well, so weird because we live in America, which is the land of helping people get a... Oh, p- come on, come on. on. Shush, shush. It's getting deep in here, man. So I have to tell you, while I'm reading this, I'm watching Bridgerton, too. And I'm just thinking about how so many stories, so many stories. Okay, this is Glennon, 2020. Mm -hmm. This is Bridgerton. It doesn't matter. Somebody's always not doing what they want to do. Because of some other fucked up imposed reason, like I can't marry you or be with you because I'm a prince. You know, it's just like, <laughs> and who then put that arbitrary shit in place? You know, it's just she, so arbitrary. And then finally, they're like, should we just love each other? Yes, let's yep. just love each other. It's like, well, yes. Oh my god, why can't we just start there? Do we uh, have to go through the whole like? But everybody just get does. there. Just being like, okay, I'm in love with you. There's a lot we fit together, and then we can, you know, whatever. But no, because <laughs> we've got to worry about that, what everybody thinks, and we've got to like wait yes. to see who's going to judge us. And everybody's judging. Everybody in Bridgerton is literally like, they're here. <laughs> My gosh, they had a faux pas. They were walking her around. family is associated with someone from the side of town yes. where they don't have as much money as us. <laughs> oh dear! What did I just walk into? No. 
don't say. Yes, uh, yes, yes. That's not acceptable at all. And I'm just thinking, like, it's 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 <laughs> almost boring how fucking common is that people won't just do what they were about you know it's so and it's because of so many twisted reasons you know it's like it, in in Bridgerton it's always in those kind of shows it's always duty mm-hmm. it's my duty I must marry you know I don't want to marry right. yeah and it's like but we get it we get it it's the way it is it's about pride it's about Tradition, in tradition, a lot of ways. honoring our ancestors. Oh ways. my God! I was told I was going to have to. But get it up never every day works. And go to work, <laughs> no matter what. That's what's going to happen to you, Paul. Yeah. You're going to get up and go, or you're going to starve to death. Oh, oh yeah, that message yeah, yeah, yeah. though. That's a good one, right? Right. Uh, I was never told. Like when asked, well, how do these people do? How do these actors? become actors how do these musicians become musicians how yeah this, what were you told artists, you know sell paintings for yeah thirty thousand dollars at a time or whatever I, I was ever told that if you just work all day every day at what you love <laughs> right well nobody loves you might their job some money too like Right, 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 right. And right, you right. also, you know, supplement that by doing some other bullshit job just to help right. make ends meet. Yeah. I was never told that that was an option. Like, right, you know, right. This is me jumping on the martyr train a little bit. I get it, but... Yeah. Uh, it, I, would, I was told to be a good boy, pay attention. You better learn how to do something. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. Wait, okay, so I'm learning how to sing real good. Not that! Not that! Oh, interesting. I can act like a motherfucker. Oh God, not that! <laughs> We're talking you're, about you're math, gay, aren't you, boy? We're talking it's okay. about okay. You can tell your mom things like no. math and no, hunting. None of that. None of that. <laughs> anyway. Oh my God! Oh my God! I remember very specific messages like, uh, "Robbie and Joey are athletes, and Shelly's the smart one." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's great. You know, <laughs> like I remember going like, "Oh, okay, I guess I'm not an athlete." You know, just like accepting it point blank. I'm, a, but I was a cheerleader. You know, which I didn't think like, well, I can't be a basketball player, a volleyball player, because I've already heard that I'm not an athlete. I'm the smart one. Smart one. Oh my god, I have to, I have to be really grateful for a minute because when I read books like this, I realize how many books I've read like this, um, where a woman that talks about all the pressure of beauty when they were young and they become bulimic or anorexic and they tell their story and <clears throat> I cannot be more grateful that I grew up with brothers and like boy cousins because I feel like I escaped some amount of pressure that do you know what I mean I yeah, never I really was like I never really wanted to, to buy a cosmopolitan magazine you know I didn't want Vogue magazine I didn't want to I wanted someone to like dress me like in Granimals situations like just <sighs> let me match the giraffe tags yes. and when I tried to do it when I tried to be like I'm gonna look cool and flirt like I was like I'm pretending I'm fucking pretending I don't know how to do this it doesn't feel right and I'm not gonna try I'm not gonna wear high heels and it was something that was kind of pushed at me I feel like my whole life up yeah. until just the last few years where it was like, let's, let's get hot. Wear something sexy. And I'm just like, 
No. <laughs> I don't want to. I still every almost every day I like no. put stuff on. I'm like, does this look okay? Does this look too sexy? Does it look not sexy enough? Does it? <laughs> yeah. Is it? Isn't you know? Ridiculous? Does it flatter my figure? You know? Yes. Like, what does it make my butt look like? Yeah. Does my butt look okay? It looks is it lifted? Like an antelope. Which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> How did you do that? For those of you who have only heard my voice uh, but have never seen me, my butt shaped like an antelope. That's, antelope That's what I'm so into. <laughs> what is antelope shaped butt? Uh, well, we're going to let people imagine. We're going to we're going to let people no imagine it. We're going to let okay. people imagine it. We oh, here's something that before we move on to this thing um, that's marked here, I wrote down page fifty. Fe- uh, she's at an AA meeting. And she's, she's, you know, they're like, how are you doing? She's like, it's awful. I feel like shit every day is torture. I'm pregnant. How are you? You know? And um, the woman says, just so you know, feeling everything doesn't mean you're doing life wrong. It means you're doing life right. You're, mm-hmm. you know, you're just not used to all of your feelings yet. Like, this is what it's like to feel your life. And this is where I, one of those spots where I related hard. Yes. With the anxiety depression thing, you know, you, yeah. you just don't realize because it's so hard to process so many all of those feelings when you are Yeah. you're convinced you can't from the depression. Yeah. But you know you must because of the anxiety. Yeah. And anyway, it's you had to jump in. Please continue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think about her daughter and the polar bears like they call her to school and they say <clears throat> Your daughter's really upset about the polar bears. You know, they kind of say a passing yeah. like, the polar bears are dying. She's like, wait, what? The polar bears aren't dying? And then her mom for a while is trying to be like, it's okay. You know, they're not dying that much. You know? But then right. all of a sudden she realizes like, oh, she's not freaking out. We're just not freaking out enough. Yes. That's what's happening. And, and I loved that. I love that, like, don't. I don't like to create drama, but if I'm, it took me a long time in life to let myself feel mad when I was mad. Because mm. in my 20s, I was thrust into this culture where positivity was everything. Mm-hmm. It was mm. everything, right? And you were supposed to be able to handle everything with a great attitude, you know? And so I started getting angry at my emotions that weren't correct. Like, they seemed to like like something was wrong with me if I felt yeah. those things. So that really was a thing where you have a spiritual kick in the ass or whatever yeah. you said earlier. Shakabuku. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So the next thing that is starred here um, is developing a relationship with the knowing. Uh, page 59. Was that you? Was I, I thought that was. I'm, it might have been me, but it might have been Paul too. I didn't start that. Paul, you didn't start that. Developing a relationship with the knowing. No. Did you start your own note? Um, <laughs> no, I'm thinking. No, I d- I don't think I did, but I do love this. I do love this because if you grew up like this, is very much a story about a woman who was very publicly a Christian writer and speaker. Which, if you've been in that world, you know what you're picturing. You're, you're picturing these conferences where women are talking about... I'm kind of picturing Joyce Myers, who I love. But, you know, like, I've got this picture. And 
to come walk out of that and walk into this much expression and admission of humanity mm-hmm. it's I think it's just so cool it just makes me so happy that there's a woman writing like this right now yeah. it's just very freeing definitely I like that having left a marriage she very much felt responsible for despite the fact that he was kind of a yak <laughs> right right he didn't deserve that responsibility even though he was quote unquote good guy and a good dad doing again yeah good boy things except for you know accidentally sticking his dick in a bunch of other women oh you yeah know, well they acknowledge it, down. it just anyway uh and then having to juxtapose that against her being I mean one of the reasons the main the reason that this is really happening because she would have just suffered had she yeah met Abby a lightning bolt when Abby Wambach of all people walked into a room yeah uh, and they're both in these dying marriages and just see each other and are okay love you forever quietly in their yeah. own heads to yeah. each other uh, yeah without, and then they end up Mary, this is not exactly a Christian move, is what you're really yeah. getting at. Let's just but, break it down. Like but the, the thing is, is anti-gay for the most part. But but the thing is, is it is. That is my point. Is it is because it is love. But the yes, message, the message be, we've been sent, is, is that it's not right. This the we, marketing. We, we're back to the marketing. I'm still yes, because that's what religion is. Yeah. Religion is just marketing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can believe in God has nothing to do with whatever religion you are. I can assure you. No, of that. you don't even have to. I mean, I. Well, that's what she's talking about yeah. with the knowing. Yeah. The knowing. Yes. That's why the we, knowing is inside you. The knowing. You know which is which is good. What is right and what is wrong for you? If you just sit still. Well, and the knowing Listen. means because if you decide that you're in a relationship with God in some way. Mm-hmm. then the way you arrange that in your mind is going to change a million times in your life. Mm-hmm. And this idea of, let's say, going from basic sky god who's a man with a beard <laughs> floating around <laughs> to to a knowing, to just like s- meditating deep down into your core of yourself knowing exactly what's true is a you know her brand new kind of essence of god but she still has a relationship with god it has just changed format and morphed and it's it's not what they told her it should be in church yes yes of course of course but that's the thing i think that is so wonderful to see right now is like I feel like my church is like this the blue ocean in Ann Arbor is that like my church became a church because our pastor was a lesbian and half the church did not want her to be a pastor and the other half was like what she's already our pastor we already love her she's taught us everything what are you talking about like I was could not have been more shocked it was like what's happening we moved I went with Blue Ocean. It, it literally felt like a divorce and you were like choosing a parent. It, and so we go oh. with Emily. And what happened was that congregation attracted so much of the LGBTQ community that it became pretty much the foundation of the second church. And all of those people needed somewhere to go. So they weren't thinking, 
I got kicked out of my church and I hate God, they were like, where can I go find my God people? <laughs> they were like, where yeah. are they? You know, and that was so wonderful to see. And this reminded me how much I miss like my church family yeah. because you want to create the normalcy of like, this is how we do it here. This is a normal church. This isn't an unusual church. This isn't an unusual family. This is just our family, our like love bubble. This, but this is, is our church, yeah. and our church is this beautiful, loving thing, and that's how we define it. And that was that was another spiritual kick in the head with me, was that, okay, I think I found it. She's referring to when she goes and sits in her closet and like talks to herself, and Abby's like, babe, <laughs> okay. Talking to yourself in the closet in there, you know, and she, uh, I didn't listen to the audio, so I'm probably not doing a very good Glennon impersona- impersonation, but um, why do we worry about what to call the knowing instead of sharing with each other how to call the knowing? I know many people have found this level inside them and live solely by it. Some call the knowing God or wisdom or intuition or source or deepest self. I have a friend with some serious God issues, and she calls it Sebastian. Sebastian's yeah. good, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. A God by any other name is an equal miracle and relief. It doesn't matter what we call our knowing. What matters if we want to live our singular shooting star of a life is that we call it. And so for me, when she dips into things like this, I really love it because for a long time, I always had a little, some sort of little daily... Bible study next to my bed little just like phrases or you know verses or things like that and over the years it would be like oh well that's not speaking to me anymore I need it in a different way now you know Mm. but the same thing you know the same knowing but it it kind of felt like I was kind of sad about it like oh I'm not into that anymore that's a bummer (laughs) you know what it, it kind of felt like the day that you stopped thinking your favorite toy is cool. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it's it it both gross moments. Not, let yeah. me start that all over again. Because I didn't want to say most gross moments. Yeah. What I meant to say was most growth moments most have a little hint of like regret or sadness about leaving something behind. Don't yeah. they? I mean, like, uh, when it comes to aging, both physically or mentally, right? Yeah. When you cross a threshold or two, there's a, there's a like, oh man, well that's over. This whole instead of wow, look at this whole new. That's a, that's done now. It's hard to let go of things that you love, even though they don't serve you anymore. Yeah. 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 I just read another book like that. Like you can be sad about what has left. It doesn't mean you want to go back there and do it again. Right. You can be. You can miss what you had to leave behind but yeah 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 so why are we so binary and i always blame america for everything but i really this place is so (laughs) binary you because you win or you lose here you know what i mean you're rich or you're poor here we don't we have a middle class we talk about it but you know it's it's pretty they're pretty paid in that middle class i'm here to tell you like so when you look at things from just a binary perspective, no matter what you're looking at, or whether it's a right or wrong, or yes or no, or win or lose, 
and there's nothing else in the middle, uh, what do we expect to get? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'm not that, I don't see things that way. Well, no, I'm, you don't. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. And it, it's hard to sometimes argue the great points with people. Like I have a um, people in my family, you know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's definitely the black and the white. It's, you know, it's black and white. It's right or wrong. It's all of those oh, things. Oh, yeah. And to argue with my family, like, hey, under these circumstances, maybe it's not so wrong, or maybe it's not so right. So right, and right, right, right. Know, so it's yeah, shades yeah. Shades of gray, baby. Yeah, so yeah. Many shades of gray. We can't say that so, anymore. So that means something uh, else I have now. to, I have <laughs> to <laughs> talk about two things. Uh, one was this idea around page two seventeen, where they talk about the misogyny toxin. Like everybody's been poisoned. Everybody's been poisoned. You've like, even when you're not thinking about it, like like us, we were just saying like, do I look too sexy? Do I look sexy enough? That is misogyny that's, toxin that's central. Isn't it? Yeah. It, it is. Misogyny, it's misogyny that you've become comfortable enough that you have to ask your girlfriend, is, is this, is this too much? Is this yeah. within those boundaries? Yeah. yeah, or you even have to think about them because you don't even have to ask anybody. You have to think about them because you go out and it's like, well, I don't want to be thought of as, you know, X Y Z, so I can't dress this way. So I, you know, whether yeah. it's like I, you know, I've heard people saying you dress too young for your age. You need to dress your age. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> I, know. I don't know what that means. I'm like, how am I supposed to dress? I'm, I'm going to put clothes onto my body parts that I want mm. too. That's how I'm going to do it. Anything else is really none of your concern <laughs> at all. Exactly it's true. not. It's not. But I mean, I had friends who I love dearly. But if you were in, th- there was like little faux pas, white white shoes after Labor Day. Or oh like, yeah, open toed yeah. shoes. Open toed shoes. And I was mm-hmm. just like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, that's the thing. When I was saying I'm grateful that I grew up with brothers, and but I'm also grateful that I didn't. I feel like I never wanted to, I never f- felt like I needed to starve myself. Mm. You know, I never did. I never, I, but just because I was like, I don't want that, you know, and it wasn't, and I've had so many friends, I've lived with it. Being hungry. You're very lucky. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. does. It's oh, but but there's some power in it, man. Yeah. yeah. And the sure. thing is, is I'm just saying like, well, so many people have gone. society's power exerting itself all over you. Yeah, mm. yeah. But I realized, like, the how I feel like I skated by was having more male influence around me that wasn't, mm-hmm. like, it was more just rough and tumble, tomboy type shit. It wasn't, you know. And my mom, she just so wanted a little girl to be pretty. And, and wear and dresses. Like, wear dresses. <laughs> and she, she, when I was in about the 10th grade... She got me this big, you, you know those makeup palettes that have like a, a whole big like plastic yes, thing yes. with but all the eyeshadows yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, and she sure. got it for me and my best friend was there at the time and she just started cracking up. She was oh like, God. what is this? My mom's like, well, I thought y'all would have fun with this. And my friend's just like, do you know Shelly? <laughs> have you ever oh. met her? that you gave birth to her and yet don't know her at all. <laughs> no, it was time. It was time to start, you know, experimenting yeah, with makeup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it worked because see how much makeup I'm wearing now yeah, yeah. and how good it I am worked. at it. Mm-hmm. 
worked. Totally worked. You know what she did uh, get out of that, though, is she definitely got a, a pretty daughter. Oh, thank you. I look um, just like her. Look just like her. I just um, want, I, w- I want to quick say today is like the first day I have not worn any actual makeup in a very very long time. Oh my gosh! I usually really? at least wear like a CC cream that kind of smooths my skin tone out. Yeah. Yep. And today I just was like, yeah, no, nah, never mind. Oh wow! How does it feel? I forgot about it. Oh, good. Until we started talking about makeup. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm sans makeup for the first I time. I have a very strict Mac only. <laughs> uh, I uh-huh. You are not kidding. There are people out there that that's what they do. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I do like Mac makeup, but that's not, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. It shows how much I know about it. I picked the thing that was like popular 20 years ago. I, even know <laughs> I couldn't tell you what the hot makeup brand is now. I feel like one of my friends is really dedicated to Bobby Brown. Mm. Bobby Brown is a makeup line. Bobby Brown is a very good mm-hmm. makeup line. Denise. Yeah. Hey, Denise, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, I know you like Bobby Brown, that, uh, girl. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the things that was starred twice was Choose Yourself and God. Uh, that would be me. Because what you're really doing there, and that, that's, it's, I'm glad you uh, got there because Page I was going to bring it up during the last segment when we were talking about church, because yeah. uh, it relates in the same way. Like you, I personally am atheist. That's me. Like I, I'm not mad at anybody who believes in a thing. What I am mad about is everybody organizing and foisting those beliefs on whoever and whatever without regard to anybody being concerned about whether anybody anybody wants to hear those beliefs of those people so for me when the the allegory if that's the right word here it was that Glennon by choosing quote unquote obviously not choosing she's is who she is and feels what she feels for who she feels and that's just what it is and that should be the way it is for all of us when she realizes she's in love with a woman and that is antithesis to the basic message of all of the organizations she's ever been involved with as a Christian Mm -hmm. somebody finally says to her no you you chose God they lost God so long ago they don't even recognize that he's not in the room anymore you know, mm-hmm. those yeah. are her words, but those are the words I'm, I'm paraphrasing them into. Yeah. No, I think you that's true. You walking away from them is not walking away from God. You're walking closer to God by walking yeah. away from those people in that building. Yeah, that's it. So, so I'm going to read that part that I think you're referring to. So, um, when I was little, I knew I was gay. I had to choose church, my mom, and God, or myself. I chose myself. Damn right, the minister said. She cleared her throat. I smiled at her. But damn right wasn't exactly it. This is her talking to Abby, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, You remained whole instead of letting them dismember you. You held on to who you were. You were born to be instead of contorting yourself into what they told you to be. You stayed true to yourself instead of abandoning yourself. When you shut down your heart to that church, you did it to protect God in you. You did it to keep your wild. You thought that decision made you bad, but that decision made you holy. What I'm trying to say is that when you were very little, did you did not choose yourself instead of God and church. You chose yourself and God instead of church. Yes. When you choose yourself, you choose God. When you walked away from church, you took God with you. 
And I just like, I love that. Because I've seen so many people who are, are hurt by the church and it takes them away from God. And I've been in enough groups. I used to run these, not run, but I was part of the leadership team of these God, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a little welcome small group in the Vineyard Church where it openly said like, hey, uh, if you're real uncomfortable here because of the way you grew up thinking about church, we do this little group, you know, and people would show up and be like, um, I went to Catholic school, you know, (laughs) and you had to, they had to realize it was always a group of people who didn't want to give up on the idea of God, but they had been just traumatized by something or, or just, you know, eh, just, eh, you know, and they had to find their way back to like this knowing. Mm -hmm. And it's, so that's always a favorite topic of mine. I like how it says that God is in you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that that will differ, uh, you know, within different beliefs, but I've always believed that there's a spark of divine in us. And that we have a personal connection to God. We don't need a church. We don't need um, things. Like for people who it works out for, I'm very grateful because I did not have a good experience in churches. And I could see it in the way our family was treated. And yeah, it was very strange. But anyway, um, yeah, so I do believe that we all have a personal connection. We don't need a church. You can go outside and see God in the sky on a sunny day or a rainy day. Um, or in the trees or anywhere and just feel connected and feel it inside you. And I think that that is amazing the way that she explained that to Abby and saying that you took God with you because God is in you. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was great. Yeah. It really it was. was. Uh, and again, atheist, don't believe any of this stuff. However, that speaks directly to me uh, uh, if you're going to approach me with God, that's the way to do it. I'm listening to you now. Yeah. Now you, you have my respect and attention because you're not just shouting fables at me. You're not telling yeah. me about a man, a wizard in the sky who can't be a woman wizard. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. And she talked about, oh, okay, because there's a little chapter. Yeah. Girl gods. Glennon. You refer to God as she. Why do you believe that God's a female? I don't. I think it's ridiculous to think of God as anything that could possibly be gendered. But as long as the expression of God as a female is unimaginable to many, while the expression of God as male feels pretty acceptable, (laughs) and as long as women continue to be undervalued and abused and controlled here on earth, I'll keep using it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a chapter. It's one paragraph. I love that. It's normally what I use to genderify. genderify? I don't know if that's a word. It's normally how I speak of God in terms of gender because uh, the, the, I agree with her. Doing so in the first place is Because that Ariana Grande song? <laughs> it might be. What's the Ariana Grande song? God is a woman. Isn't that God Ariana a, Grande? Actually, yeah, I'm not a, not a fan. I, I don't... Okay. Now, like we have to, now um, we have to play it. Sorry, Can we do that on Spotify? Oh my God. Dang. What if I'm wrong? I think it is. And God, it's pretty dope. God as a woman is a lot more said from a, from a pop perspective to me yeah. because of the movie Dogma. So I can oh, yeah. think of if God is a woman and you've that got was a, great you throw movie. a pop star name at me, even one. There you go. I'm mm-hmm. dating myself again. I'm very um, old as it turns yeah, out. Yeah, but we, had a, we were in such a cool a generation. It's all good. Well, I woman. agree with Ariana Grande there if, in fact, God is anything. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. Well, maybe it'll be our like going out song. Actually, uh, now I'm thinking about it. If God is a thing, at least the one of the Bible that we've all read and stuff, pretty vengeful. Right. Uh, yeah. I, not just vengeful. Like rage filled, vengeful. Not like yeah. thinking through simmer for twenty five years and exact precise revenge. <laughs> See, yeah. so that's the thing. I mean? like, so God might be a dude after all. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. I rejected that that vengeful God from the very beginning. I don't think even when I was like second, third grade, anybody could have convinced me the Bible was real, like yeah. that it was history. Like it's and history. and yet and yet there are people well, and who are it's just understanding like, it's, what? it's understanding is. that it's a collection of things like I, I I didn't even start really studying studying till maybe my thirties and I remember meeting people who had been studying for ten years already and going oh my gosh they have translations like they see it as just this big mystical study and I had seen it as like this weird rule book made in weird paper that I just didn't understand and the words were weird you know but they yeah. saw it as like this mystical document these are the songs these are, this is the history these are the stories of the disciple I mean like they were studying it like studying it like intensely yeah and that changed my perspective on a lot of things too because you're like oh this story is being told right after this war to this population that this thing just happened to yeah. and it changed their minds about now they're afraid of this like that's what this means it doesn't just mean the what people quote it His you know right context sure adds a lot to it sure does doesn't it it the sure red does sea is one of my favorites moses parted the red god parts the red sea for moses okay so uh here's i'm just gonna break this down like real quick okay uh, like, <laughs> try as fast as i can run through the reader's digest version for you another old guy reference wow uh here's the thing <laughs> Uh, water levels used to be different, you know, long, sure, long sure, time sure. ago. Sure. Uh, the Red Sea connects, like, there's land bridges, there's sandbars, there's things where you could have had at some point, definitely did have a situation where water on either sides of a sandbar is tidal. You ever heard of tides? Tides are a thing. Wait, time a tide, but just right when a pursuing army is behind you who's too stupid to give up on the chase of but making sure these Jews wait, 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 wait. This is a tangent. This is a tangent so far. But it's saying, split it's down the middle, Paul. It didn't roll out. It, it split down the middle. Down the middle. It yeah, had, there was no, a wall yes, of water. Haven't you seen the cartoon? Sand. Right, but Sandbars. this is such a tangent. Oh. Saying, like, <laughs> history, there's reasons. It's fired up. <laughs> it's landscaping. Part of, part of it's for the funny, hopefully. <laughs> that people don't think I'm just purely insane. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, there's generally a contextual way yes. oh, to yes. put these miracles right. into a perspective that is absolutely just the thing that happens on a daily basis if you know the way right, well right, right, right. But even, there's also things that do feel like like when when uh, a few years ago when it rained like way, way, way too much and a lot of people lost power and <laughs> at some point I was walking around in Ipsy and all of Riverside Park was full of these big dead fish. Yes! Oh, yeah, I remember that. It was horrifying. They were flopping you, did, around all over the place. Giant, dying you, fish. And I'm like, oh how did they get yes. 
brings the they were How stuck did they there. Care? So if you didn't, if you were just a human walking around without the news and everything, you walked into that park, you'd be like. God is telling me something. <laughs> right. See? I'm going to go write this down <laughs> and uh, think about it for a while. Well, I think about things like, um, oh, my God, this is such a tangent. Those fish, though, before you go on, those oh, yeah. fish. There was a whole thing on YAD, Ipsyria Discussion Group, about people going down there to throw the fish back in the river. Everybody was working on it together. There were, like, yeah. people down there knee-deep in water throwing fish in the river. Yeah. So, But I thought that was really cool. I mean, they couldn't save them all, but... Um, oh, I know. They were so they, far they really in. Did they some, were really yeah. far away. Yeah. Really far That's away. Go, I think the I whole couldn't believe it how... It's like, like water comes in real fast and goes away real yeah. fast, Yeah, well, I too. think about... Like a water, a Red Sea <laughs> getting burned. No, I think about like um, uh, when the um, Indonesia was that the the typhoon? What was it called? The tsunami, right? In the Philippines is where it was, right? Wasn't in the Uh, Philippines? Jakarta, Indonesia, 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 and and like like the water just came in and took like two hundred thousand people. Like Mm -hmm. it just went whoosh like this. Yeah, and I think about, like, if you were just walking around living a life that day and everything got wiped out, but there wasn't the resources we have right now to understand the world, you'd be like, th- that would have to become something in your mind. That would be the because day of God. that everybody died. You know, the mm-hmm. day that the water just came and took and 90% of the people you know. Yeah, you, you know, and like. in terms of God. Like, one of the oldest It was terms, something. It was something, you know. One of the oldest that doesn't use God about the sea is the sea was angry that day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. of course. The you sea was a God. Yeah. the sea. Yeah. It's just what we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We anthropomorphize. That word. Anthropomorphize. <laughs> anthropomorphize. I, I usually can say it. For some reason, I can't today. Anthropomorphize. You're doing so good. You're doing so good. We do you that to say everything. All the, it's funny that you could say all those other crazy fake words. <laughs> And uh, so I know, and I can't say yeah, anthropomorphism. Yeah. Anthropomorphism. Okay, so I have to talk about this thing real quick. Uh, listening to your body. <laughs> so I work for Health Coach Institute, and one of the things that people are always doing with their health coach is learning how to understand the most basic things. Like, if you think about ourselves as a spiritual being inside of, like, meat suit type body that you have to operate while you're here on earth for a while you spend your whole life trying to figure out how to work it i feel like right and if you don't listen to it and you try to control it in weird ways it it makes you sick yeah and you don't listen to it and it's even and so if you if you see people and you can feel that they're unhealthy like they're clenched they're not letting anything flow they're restricting themselves they're denying themselves and you can feel it do you know what i mean yes oh my gosh it starts to eat you from the inside there's a lot of people out there who believe that that's like the start of things like cancer yeah because it just your body just turns on itself and it something happens i used to have such crazy heartburn i wasn't always healthy you know food wise but Mm -hmm. I, I, i started getting maladies like in the middle of my clearly dying marriage in a house full of children who we both love to pieces. And we, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to hate each other. We just kind of ended up doing it. Uh, the, oh God, did, did you just lose what you were talking about? Pick me up. <laughs> pick me up. <laughs> oh 
front of people. Do you need to smoke some more? No, we were talking about knowing your body. Yeah. Knowing your body. Yes. Yes. And uh, bad (laughs) state of mind can lead to bad health. All of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denying yourself. There you go. Controlling yourself. Yeah. I was a stay-at-home dad for 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the right decision to make at the time I made it. I, I did kind of make it without my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying home. But the point is, like, it was against at the time, like all social mores. Like even from all my enlightened buddies, I'm like, oh, okay. They're like, all right, you're just gonna let her carry you around, huh? Okay, buddy, you got no value anymore, do you? Well, I'm doing the, I'm raising the kids and I'm cooking and, you know, I'm cleaning, I'm, I'm taking to this, doing this, oh yeah, well, that's not valuable, you know, not in those words, but that's the uh, message. I know. So now I'm going through all of that and I'm trying to go right. through this marriage uh. and trying to save it and the whole time I'm doing, I'm putting all this effort into justifying my very existence when it's not even the existence that I chose. I chose it. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah, it'll eat it's, you up. You didn't God, really know kids, you had another you, choice. You know, when my children listen to this, know that I chose you and for sure would never not choose you. Right, right, right. Of but course. the life, the suburban house, the cubicle job, the I mean, all of my kids, even as young as the, my youngest still is now, know that that's not me. Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. children are me. They know that they're me. That yeah. life, they know that life isn't me. Yeah. So I was denying that about myself mm-hmm. and escaping into being a stay-at-home dad made the most sense out of everything. And then it turns out, oh, you're just a, you're just a big P word, Paul, for doing wow. that. You're just a big L word, Paul, for doing that. We're not using the P word. We're using the, we're using the D word instead because it can bend and break. Oh, Yes. Uh, mm, no, no, the I, I don't know is if much I'm stronger. Oh, okay. Than, than, than you're right. Like we shouldn't be using <laughs> it, but I'm just saying there's that toxic masculinity again. Yeah. So are you guys talking about party? <laughs> yes, Shelly, we are. Sure. Winkety winkety at Mary. <laughs> you guys talking about pumpkin pie? <laughs> I wish. I mean, <laughs> it could be. <laughs> oh, you know what? We should make that dessert. <laughs> <laughs> okay we've snacked up because it's been in the because there's like a raspberry a crisp in there like oh. a little tart yeah. that we could cook up oh my god we gotta wrap this shit up it's one of the <laughs> desserts no. that has, has made it more than five minutes since entering our house yeah oh my yeah gosh. so i love the idea of choosing myself and god and it took me a really long time i remember one thing i really appreciate right when i was starting reads and weeds i was part of a, a, a book club at my church and um I told them about my psychedelic experience, you know, and I was just like, let me tell you guys where I'm coming from today, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, I must talk about this. I feel like I just had the most profound experience with God. And they were just kind of like, oh, okay. Do you know, there was no kind of overreaction. And I was so grateful because I needed to know, can I talk about this thing that feels just as valid of a God experience in Mm -hmm. this group of people who understand the validity of God experiences. I want to know. And so I'm not afraid. I'm just going to say it, you know, and, but it, it is something that I am so grateful for that. I ended up going to blue ocean, 
um, because it doesn't look like any of the churches that I grew up in. That's awesome. Yeah. That's and good. because of what is said from the pulpit, you know, it has normalized a church scene for me that I would have never pictured as mm-hmm. a as even a 30-year-old. You know, probably around there is when I started kind of figuring that out a little bit more. But it's changed so, so much. So, so much. So, one other thing I wanted to talk about is um, on page 270, she starts talking about the grief and being basement in her, like, sister's basement, I basement think. Basement cocoon. The basement cocoon. The grief cocoon the is The grief really what cocoon. It is. That's what it is. Uh, but I, uh, this ties right in after leaving my home, not my family. Right. Leaving my marriage, not my family, which yes. is another thing that comes up later. In the yes, book. yes. Oh you my gosh, she goes your, through Abby that. Abby yells at her, says, don't you ever say you left your family ever again. You yeah. didn't leave your family. You left your marriage. Yeah. Big difference. So after... Leaving my marriage mm-hmm. and my home situation, um, I spent some time in my baby brother's basement. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I, she goes through. Somebody goes through. Her sister goes through the similar thing in her in living in her basement, I believe. Right? Mm-hmm. It all happened so fast. Uh, but the point is, I was down there thinking to myself, just like her sister, or just like Glennon was, we should make it nice. And and. Her sister resists that. Yeah. Don't you dare make this nice because that would mean I fucking live here and I do not live in your basement. I am yeah. in your basement. I'm staying right now, here for a minute. But I am yeah. not going to be here forever. Yeah. And that's that. And I I did spruce myself up a little bit, but then again, it was a really nasty basement for a hot second. So I, I killed some bugs. And I, but I did that's not cool. ever, ever let myself get comfortable. For that, oh, for that exact same reason, I didn't have anywhere else to go. I didn't get a, there wasn't a choice really in that situation. So you had to have I, something to fight for. I was in that for. little grief cocoon in the basement and mm-hmm. going through my little transformation. I related so hard to this moment too. Yeah, I did too because she talks about like grief is like a place that you share, like you understand. If you're in grief with someone, you you're it's like a place being held. And but then when you go, she's like, sometimes you need to be alone in it. You have to go down there and take care of it yourself. Um, The other thing she talks about is invaders. So she she talks about depression. um, And this chapter is called invaders. And I have to read this. Depression for me is a forgetting and erasing a slow fade into nothingness. It's like I run out of Glennon and there is nothing left but panic that I am gone forever this time. Depression takes away all my vibrant colors and bashes them together until I am gray, gray, gray. Eventually I get too low to operate, but as I begin to fade, I can usually still accomplish small things, do the dishes, take the kids to school, smile when it seems called for. It's just that it's all forced. I'm acting instead of responding. And this whole way of, I've had a really rough couple of weeks. Just, I have not been able to pull myself out of a funk and have just been battling it, just battling every day. Just like, do the things. Do the things that make you feel better. But it felt like, 
a stranger operating a body from above, you know, mm-hmm. just like push the buttons, eat the cereal, you, you know, just it felt like that. And it felt like I know I'm in there somewhere and this will pass. I'm sure of it. But right now it's muted. It's this muted scene. And that, the way she described it was really... And if I may, just yeah. to add a little bit into that, you you had to tell me. I mean, I could feel like, you know, you were involved in a little, maybe, you know, things. You might have been the new job, might have been... You know, I went through a, my own funk about a month ago. Mm-hmm. I was kind of an asshole one day, you know. Mm-hmm. We all go through our stuff. Uh, but you you had to tell me. I, I didn't know it was deep like that until you told me. So you're going through it, functioning so highly that I'm unaware, living with you on a daily basis, caring very much about your well-being. Yeah. I'm unaware it's happening. It's physical. And, you know, and now here I am going, no, I'm a bad boy because I should have known. I should have known this. Well, what I think... We're still in this stuff. Like, yes, right now, right now. And I think about, like, it took me such a long time to understand that that was a thing that was happening. People thought I was confident and capable but my insides are going crazy, you know, my mm-hmm. gut, my heart, uh, you know, my joints like are going crazy, but on the outside I probably come across as fairly calm and confident because we're not more than I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not supposed to let that out, right? What what does right, that look like? How do we handle that? How, well, how do we handle that in somebody some else people, when we see somebody, that? Oh my god, you know? somebody cuz somebody mm. Some people really, it's, they, they scream and they shout and like, that's not my go-to. Mine is like an absolute firestorm in here. Yeah. But out here, I'm not slamming doors. I'm not raising no. my voice. But this is all torture inside my head. I think I'm, I'm partly like you too. Mm-hmm. I definitely do the anger thing, I think, a lot alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, and with people I tend to get comfortable with, but yeah, no, generally speaking, like I am so busy about, okay, what does my life need to look like when I'm in a dump? And then we're told that maybe that'll make it better. If we just keep our life going, that'll make it better. Mm -hmm. You don't have to sit and think or feel or, or figure out what might be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We have to just keep going, keep pushing and it'll eventually go away. Yeah. Yeah, well, and also it's because for me, that's partially true. I know when it's not. I feel like I know Mm -hmm. myself well enough now. I didn't used to. I used to. I sleep pretty well, right? When it's time to go to bed, I go to bed. Pretty good at it. I sleep, right? (laughs) I'm not worrying about things at night. Also, real good about just waking up and being a goddamn wake, and that's real annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Right, but I used to push everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like there was more, and you know, work more, party more, all that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't satisfying. It wasn't satisfying, but it was that more. You know, I should do more. Even if my body didn't want to, 
it was again it was marketing yeah <laughs> I tell you straight up it was that i thought it would be cooler if i stayed up late with everybody else and did it everything and woke up never early never was <laughs> never was cooler i just was really sleepy <laughs> just fair. all my whole life until about 10 years ago i was super sleepy so if you met me before then and i seemed sleepy you were right yeah, I'm <laughs> tired. i was She's sleeping way too much you should see me now food bad coffee and you should uh, see me now but i think that's why i've always been drawn to things like coaching and health coaching and like i'm always because like this she so glennon is a recovering alcoholic and addict and so she's talks about recovery a lot and i didn't time it with the book but i haven't i just decided to take a break from drinking alcohol and it's been hard just because of all the feelings. <laughs> and what I mean is, what I mean is, Ed, there's a million times in the last month when I would have gone, man, I kind of just want to drink and not think about Roe versus Wade and shootings and how hard this job is. And, you know, and being able to yeah. just sit in discomfort and go, yeah, I'm I'm upset. I'm frustrated. I am disappointed in humanity. <laughs> but like yeah. and just let myself feel it and not try so hard to not feel it. And she she go, keeps going through that. Like it's okay to feel all the things. It's in okay. Fact, you have to. You have Sometimes, to. Sometimes, especially mm-hmm. with regard to societal ills and the aforementioned policies being overturned potentially and just absolute craziness when it comes to we just don't give a fuck about you love the government you know what I mean uh, that kind of stuff and then people who are, are supporting this are the ones who claim to want to you know love God and don't give a fuck about you after you're born that when you're when you're unborn they love you when you are born you're fucked George Carlin and he wasn't wrong uh, so, for me, if I sit down and have a beer or two, it helps me calm the fuck down enough to actually think about that kind of shit. Because I have two kinds of angry left in my life. Societal ills, and here's the big one. Oh, I can still get real mad at myself. And yeah. it feels yeah. so justified. Because it's, it's, I'm not mad at anybody, I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at myself. Leave me alone. Let me be mad at myself. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's just this crazy, so fun. stupid <laughs> loop. It is so... Yes. I just called it stupid. Just I for the know, record. I it's know. Not, I'm not thrilled with it. Working on it. Working progress. Yes, yes. But that's, those are the two that I still deal with. Like, something is unjust. Yeah. Or I've done something that I think is dumb, and I need to let myself know about it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. no way to live, I can assure you. Yeah. Well, so here's something that I love. Uh, it's right near that. I wrote Amen, so I looked it up to see what it was. But um, because there's a lot of marketing towards living your best life and being super happy all the time. And also, though, if you're an open-hearted person paying attention to the world, there's just so much pain and you you have to feel it you can you can i mean you don't have to but one of the things is i think a lot of us 
almost beat ourselves up by how beaten up we are by the world. Like I do. I'm like, Shelly, you got to keep living here, girl. (laughs) Like you like, this is the world we live in. But she says other times when I turn on the news and watch closely how people treat each other, I raise my eyebrows and think, actually, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's you, world. Maybe my inability to adapt to the world is not because I'm crazy, but because I'm paying attention. Maybe it's not insane to reject the world as it is. Maybe the real insanity is surrendering to the world as it is. Maybe pretending that things around me are just fine is no badge of honor I want to wear. Maybe it's exactly right to be a little crazy. Maybe the truth is, world, you need my poetry. So she's saying, like, I do have these conditions these you know anxiety depression addiction they almost killed me but they're my superpowers they make me a good artist you know and she's reminding me that like these are our people she is our people if you're wondering like Mm -hmm. would she be cool to hang out with i think we probably already know her we know a Mm -hmm. we know a slightly uptight recovering alcoholic artist Christian so, lesbian artist. Yeah, yeah we exactly. do. Yeah, we live in Ipsy. We live right? in Ipsy. Right, and right. you better not. So I'm gonna yeah. dead that's awful. Yeah, wouldn't swing a live one. No, well, that's true. Don't do that either. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's. No, I'm not a cat swinger. I just want to be clear about that. Yeah, and it's rare that it's gonna happen anyway. Because where are you gonna get one? It's fresh. As you know what I mean. <laughs> been dead too long it's stiff it, oh, you, know. you can't really swing it um takeaways like anything that you want to keep with you keep in your heart like a picture something that you got from it or you know or a recommendation what would you say you're what would you let you start Paul. i really Just, felt you like seem ready. perspective for once the lesson of perspective may have sung through my giant thick dumb skull. <laughs> okay. And there I am doing it. In what sense? Yeah, it's kind of not a joke. I do kind of feel that way about myself, and I have to change that perspective. Right. Because I know it's not true. Yeah. I took the IQ test. Your skull is normal size. That's also a joke. But the point is, I am not as bad as I make myself out to be. And I would talk about for my own personal mental illness. I really got to, I connected with her because we suffer from a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's if you can step away just far enough to ask questions about your own anger and your own anxiety and your own depression yeah. so that it's like you were asking someone else you might just give yourself a fuck break now and then yeah mm-hmm. and you probably yeah. should yeah 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 yeah, yeah definitely yeah what about you uh two things one is um i think you mentioned it in the very beginning about how um we should always disappoint the other person rather than disappoint ourselves yeah. and that was something huge because you know as a as being raised to be a people pleaser like this i need to make other people happy and that shows my worth then you know it's hard 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 but it's an ongoing lesson that you have to learn to to not disappoint yourself to be true to yourself Mm -hmm. and that sort of brings into my second point 
is um, in the beginning of the book also she talks about what is the truest, most beautiful story about yes. your life that you can imagine. Yeah. And if we meditate on that and try to reach oh, that, yeah. whatever it may be, life is just going to be so much better for everybody because we're going to be true. We're going to be authentic. We're going to be doing what we love, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then that's that. My yeah. favorite part about the first one you brought up was we all have to realize when it comes to disappointing others and feeling bad about it mm-hmm. okay that's temporary mm-hmm. you know the only thing permanent about your life is you the only two death do us part yeah. is with your own soul very you know? true you're yeah. the only one who's going to be around your whole fucking life yeah so what she tells her daughter when she goes to bed yeah like you'll never lose you You'll mm-hmm. never lose you. Don't and, yeah. and right. Don't even try. So don't worry about disappointing others. If you know in your heart that it's not for you, just don't. And don't be afraid to just say no. Yeah, yeah. Not my jam. Yeah. So two things. I think two big things for me. One is I really love. I want to write about it. She made me want to write about my like faith journey. Yeah. Because I think about it a lot. I'm like. Southern Baptist 10-year-old Shelley would want to know <laughs> about this kind of faith. Mm-hmm. It would mm-hmm. help her in a <laughs> you, you know to to understand that it's not so these people are sinners and these people are not and these people go to this church and th- that none of that matters, you know, mm-hmm. and that your experience of God can be so much bigger. I guess, and it just, she just really made me want to write because I realized I'm always thinking about writing and I'm, you know, and I'm writing everything all the time, but really writing about, about my faith journey and about my fears. You know, it seems like a scary thing to do, but that's, you know, that's what I think I'm going to take away from it. So, oh my gosh, you guys, thanks so much. (laughs) Thanks so much, Paul. Thanks for... Well, what I do? You were a, a lovely <laughs> participant. You made this fantastic <laughs> tray of food, and you got all the things together, oh, and you got the sound set up. You're right. I'm pretty swell. You're you great. Are. And Mary. And you are inviting me into the conversation, Shelbel. You're welcome. Your Thank next you assignment will be... Fun. Do uh, yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you for reading my book and letting me come in here and talk about it. It was awesome. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for recommending it. We're all so thankful. And if you're Um, in need of the finest massage work in Washtenaw County or nearby, you DM Shelly and we'll get you in touch with old Mario. Yeah, we'll do a little screening. Hands on you. Yeah, yeah. I would love that. I work on weekends and I I love giving massages. Yes, yes. We'll do that. We'll really do that. Um, oh, oh, if you yes. don't mind, Shelly, yeah, if, if you know someone or maybe you out there in listener land uh, yourself enjoy uh, a good baseball turcation. Yes, oh, yes. Listen to Diamond, Diamond Dust Ups. Diamond Dust Ups. podcast about baseball altercations, which is yes. my clever way of saying baseball fights. Yes, baseball fights. But there's always a story. Yes, Somehow, yes. Somehow, it's an American history story. 
with jokes and beer. About yes. Baseball fights. About baseball fights. Diamond dust ups. Give us a listen. Thanks. It's really fun. It's really fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, everybody got their plug. I love it. <laughs> and if you've been listening to this show for a minute, please like, subscribe, rate, and review. And tell me, like, follow me on Instagram. Tell me how you found us. And thanks for listening. Bye.